0: Podcast. Today I bring you a guest. I bring you Joseph. Joseph is from Voice One Africa and uh, in this episode we discuss what Voice One Africa is about and the work they're trying to do that side and their vision and uh, their goal. We discuss the problems that um, Africa is facing. We discuss there's possible solutions that we need to make progress in Africa, and uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast, I hope you enjoy the episode. So without further ado, I bring you Joseph. Okay, Joe, uh, yeah. right. how are you? Great, great. <laughs> it's good to have you today on the podcast. Indeed. Uh, thanks for coming in thanks, I think thanks for having me uh, if you could uh, you know for the for the benefit of the audience if you could give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are
1: and you know what, what are you doing in life and... yeah so I um, okay I'm a student um, at UCT UCT um, postgraduate student studying urban studies um, we're thinking about cities and how to make African cities more inclusive and uh, more robust, uh, you know. Yeah, so that's actually my second uh, postgrad. So, my first was in social psychology. So, I'm a psychologist, a practicing social psychologist. And yeah, so <laughs> um, I'm Ghanaian, and in Ghana, um, I work in the public sector I'm into urban planning. That's what I do. So in the public sector, I I work with the urban planning authority. And so my interests actually spans um, youth empowerment and also about cities, cause cities are the, I mean, cities impact every area of our lives as, as human beings, because we, we live in these spaces. So if the spaces are open enough, if the spaces are inclusive enough whatever happens within the space impacts on our livelihoods and so I guess that's where my interest for um, yeah my interest has been around there yeah. but then I think oh, <laughs> I think I think my background you know growing up in the in not so rich uh, background yeah. yeah so I guess that's that sort of positioned me, cause now I find myself in a in a place where I'll call I'll not say advantaged, but I've, I have a lot of opportunities and more exposed and and advantages that many people do not have, and least back home in Ghana and stuff like that. So it's kind of I have a responsibility. That's I feel that I have a responsibility to. I have this kind of responsibility to to give back basically yeah to yeah. to um impact and to make the kind of exposure and, opportunity yeah. and the opportunity and all that I have transcended to others who may not yeah. have this kind of opportunity that I have. Yeah. I think that is amazing so, work. That, I yeah. I
0: really resonate with that to a lot of extent and I share the same vision. I Up in the rural parts of Zimbabwe as well, and being where I am today, I realized that I'm in a position where I can actually gather around some resources. Just it doesn't have to be financial because I'm no, I'm nowhere close to having financial (laughs) power to do that kind of impact, but to just I think open up space for opportunities for people who really need them because there are a lot of people. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: you and I would probably not be here if it wasn't for the opportunities that we saw. Indeed. However different they were, but yeah. it was those opportunities that allowed us. I, I like people who say, um, the quote that says, you know, you need to open up space where opportunities meet talent, mm. you know, and there's a lot of talent out there that's just, that's awaiting it's opportunities. Scary. Yeah, yeah. and opportunities. That's uh, true. Who knows? Maybe the, the, the guy who's going to find the cure to all the cancer diseases is, is chilling in some rural community there. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the opportunities and if that talent is not exploited then that's the talent going to waste really. That's true. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about what you are currently doing mm-hmm. and the organization that you're starting up?
1: Yeah, so the Voice One Africa uh, Youth Continent Wide Youth Initiative. I must add because it's a continent wide initiative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the initiative sort of started um last year, um 2019. And basically it was about we I was part of the Young African Leaders Initiative, uh West African mm-hmm. chapter called 15. And so when that Program was done. It's a U.S. Uh, aid-funded. Uh, no the Obama Obama started that then, and yeah. And so when the training ended, I had already founded an NGO, the Kosovo Initiative, uh, that was in 20, 2018. So we were into economic empowerment for marginalized groups in West Africa. But then we started in Accra. No, we, are, we started in Ghana, but in a rural community where we're using, we're trying to create um, alternative livelihoods for cocoa farmers. And so it's a, it was a community wide project. Mm-hmm. And so as that was ongoing, that got me into the Yali training. And during the Yali training, after that, I mean, I started thinking more um, continent wide because I mean, the exposures and the people who came to speak and all that. So I was I was thinking yeah. and I, and I, you could see how similar we were. I mean from different Cameroon, um Liberia, where name it. I mean yeah. all the West African countries and yeah. we're so similar, like there was no no difference. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing was just because maybe we're from different countries, yeah. but and maybe cultural and language differences. But aside that, nobody knows that this person from the they're yeah. just like together. So I think from there we started thinking about how we could sort of create that kind of collaboration where it's that that kind of country difference that you know that kind of conceptualizing oneself as from a particular unit say I'm a Ghanaian and so you just think Ghanaian and you're not thinking more of the collective but in the in the particular I think that's a limit and so we started my, myself and a, some colleagues started thinking about how we could Help um, the youth of Africa now start thinking more in the collective, more in the African sense, the wider sense, yeah. as opposed to the country-specific or culture or mm. family or tribe or ethnicity. That, that you know, so break that kind of limits and open up the conversation to a broader um, perspective and even the the worldview and the and the view yeah, the view of Africans. Mm. Yeah, so. That kind of started it, but we could not really pull it off. And then um, my initiative, that's the Ngoswe initiative, we started. You know, we have over two hundred, in fact, almost over four hundred volunteers for the Ngoswe wow. initiative from different parts of Africa. We even have volunteers from America, but largely we're, we're engaging on social media, so on our WhatsApp platform and stuff like okay. that, and this project came up where people just started sharing the African dreams so it's like people just wanted to share the kind of Africa they want and we felt that okay so this is something that can get the youth thinking because I'm a psychologist like I mentioned and we realized that one of the ways of becoming awakened is introspection where you start when you look deep within yourself it's a difficult exercise to introspect like looking deep within yourself to figure out who you are and what you really want in life. And lots of people have not done it because it's not an easy thing to do. So even asking the question, what kind of Africa do you want? Got people really thinking. Mm -hmm. And we realized that this is a way that could make people awaken because to a large extent, the youth of Africa are quite detached from what's happening. Everybody's thinking about themselves, uh, career and how to make a living and all that. So This whole thing about this agenda, AU Agenda 2063, which mm-hmm. is a big policy, and they are wanting that this president wants this to happen. But if the youth that are supposed to make this happen, and the youth is the largest dem- demographic, if we are not engaged, then this whole thing will be like any of those other uh, policies that came, AU Vision yeah. 2020. And those things never really brought any change, significant change, because they were not attached to the youth. The youth didn't connect to it. Right. So we felt that if we are able to make this Africa We Want um, initiative or this Africa we, we want thing, a youth um, um, like a youth action, something that the youth sort of identify with, then it can catch fire and people will just gravitate towards thinking about it, talking about it and pushing people and particularly our leaders to give us what we want and also they used also applying themselves to create the change that we want. So that was what brought about the the Voice One Africa initiative that we are even yet to launch because as of now, I think there are about 13 or so countries connected and we are having um, discussions how to go how to start it within all these countries across Mm -hmm. Africa. But for now, so it started with the Nkoso initiative where people are just sharing the African dreams. And as we were doing that, we were just thinking about it, and it, it brought an awakening. And that's sort of led to this um, um, standalone uh, organization that we are wanting to set up. <clears throat> yeah, so the Voice One Africa continent-wide initiative is something that is now going to catch fire. And so far, like I'm saying, we have about 13 countries um, connected. Mm-hmm. And just two days ago, that was Thursday, two days ago, we the steering committee was inaugurated. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we had a commissioner for oath. Yeah, uh, we had a commissioner for oath from Ghana who uh, did the swearing in of the steering committee. And the steering committee has, think about what, um, um, persons, I think, yeah, quite represented. So different countries. Um, so the, steer, the work of the steering committee basically is to formulate the policies and the legal structure and the legal framework that mm-hmm. would sort of help with the establishment of the national chapters of Voice One Africa. Yeah, and when the, we come up with those policies, then will be able to now go into establishing, in terms of registering the national chapters in all these countries, yeah. and, and then the project and the initiative just kicks off. Awesome. Yeah. awesome.
0: Uh, so about Voice One Africa, you have uh, given us what, maybe some of like the vision that you have, what, what what is the approach that you want to have? Do you want to... Because I, I, I get the sense that you want to open up this space, as much space as possible for conversation, mm-hmm. for, you know, to have the youth engaged in this initiative. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important what you mentioned that if we just have the visions, that we just create the 2063 agenda, all these different kinds of agendas that we create without the youth engaged in them, then it's not going to have much traction. Yes. And, Gonna to get to 2063, create another agenda, right? That's nobody's <laughs> gonna end <up> <laughs> That's <both>. true. <laughs> so, I think it's important that once we have an agenda, because the people who are probably creating the agenda won't be able to be, you know, taking part in the agenda in 2063, they'll they probably 60 be the entire years, right?
1: 70 yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, they are this old, mm. you know, our presidents and our leaders are really very old. Yeah. Like, it's sad, but that's what it is. Yeah, And so, they are making these decisions for so, the youth. Yeah, you so I think it's very apparent that there is an.
0: it's very important to have the youth involved in that. Mm. So, yeah, I think my, my follow-up question on that is, what is the approach for Voice One Africa? Is it, I think it's partly conversation, and what is the, what, what can you speak more on the action side? Like, what is the action? Let's say you've got a national chapter opened up in Zimbabwe, right? and uh, you've got someone who's willing to engage in
1: the conversation. What, what, what is the action part? Okay, so yeah, thanks for that question. So the vision is to see knowledgeable and confident African youth committed to building a strong, united and progressive Africa, right? And our mission is to open up conversations, like you're saying, and we are asking, how can we encourage and navigate African youth towards making their voices heard? And can we explore further the potential of art? And culture as an expression of the agency of youth and to what extent can we leverage the forceps of entertainment industry for employment unity peace and empowerment and the development of the continent and so our mission is to uncover avenues to adequately address these imperatives as a contribution to the Pan-African agenda so how we are doing this is to use like like I said we're using at Media, culture—these are the mediums. These are the dominant mediums mm-hmm. for our operations. And uh, to so to to summarize this, it's so we're using art, media, and culture. And you better understand it if I just give you a structure of how the whole thing is going to be. So we're going to have what we call the community of knowledge practice, right? The community of knowledge practice. The reason is um, just to hint out on the key principles. Um,
0: yeah. Sorry.
1: Yes. So the reason is we've 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 noted like as I gave initially, we've noted that the. Um, there's this disjoint between countries, right? And also pe- uh, within Africa, right? So we're going to have a continent wide uh, coverage in terms of all that we do. Then the second is to bridge the research policy and uh, practice gap. What we realize is that there are lots, there's lots of, in terms of policy, there's a disjuncture between what's happening in research. What's, what's been found out in research and studies and what's, what's feeding into policy that's actually guiding what's happening in, in space and in our government and in youth management. And then what is also in practice, what the practitioners, the civil society and also um, civil society, public service, and then and what do you call it, private sector. Mm. So there's a disjuncture between these three sectors, but it shouldn't be. These three sectors should work together. So the community of knowledge practice basically is saying that we're going to work with uh, researchers or intellectuals, like people who are basically studying into the kind of Mm -hmm. things that we are doing. So if it's art, people who are studying into art, if it's, um, I mean, all the facets that are relevant to youth, right? So there's research. And then there is practitioners, people who have extensive knowledge practice in these areas so in music in in arts, in media in in culture um travel tourism like all these things are events so these people who are practitioners in this area then we also look at the policy makers those who are in parliament in the public sector that are making the laws and pushing how things happen in space and stuff like that yeah. and so we're, we're, the community of knowledge practice is like the top hierarchy, the, the, the top action where they... So we have three communities of knowledge practice. The, the public sector community of knowledge practice, the private sector community of knowledge practice, and the civil society community of knowledge practice. And then we have the president. So then these three... These three communities of knowledge practice sort of guide and shape... What's happening in all the and this this continent-wide um, level, right? So, the, this organization, though it's now beginning, mm-hmm. it's not a new organization because we are riding on the experience and expertise of several years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. So at that level, when like you're saying, we we establish the national chapter in Sim, mm-hmm. then what happens is that the national chapter is established. And then we go on to the community level. So Voice One Africa is a is a grassroots organization, right? So we have the community groups, mm-hmm. or co- yeah, community clubs and school clubs. So in the universities, in the high schools, and the basic schools, from you know the youth is defined from fourteen years to as far as the I mean United Nations defines it from fourteen to twenty and then they extend to 15 to 25. But with the African Youth Char- Charter, it's from 15 to 35. So then we are defining, the Voice One Africa is defining youth as from 14 to 35 years. And so our reach is reaching people in the universities and yeah. also in the high schools and then mm-hmm. basic schools. That's from maybe I think level where we have the 14 years. School. Yeah. yeah. So we create clubs in all the schools and schools and also in the communities. So, for example, when and this organization is going to work largely with volunteer volunteerism, because that's that's one way we are also going to empower the youth. Because it's going to create opportunity for capacity building. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we established a chapter in Zim we start with the uh, activities. Um, maybe it's a, a, a music concert or a film show in a community or um, a poetry something that gets the youth out of their spaces into a group. And when we meet and we come out with or we do perform that those performances happen. Yeah then the, the what we are, the conversation we are having, it will be hard there. It will begin the conversation. And people will join then we start these youth groups and then the conversation keeps going and people for for the next two years that's from 20 to 2022 all that we are doing is generating um, the african dreams of people hmm, and building so, up the momentum yes yeah, yeah. so we are just saying that what's what's your african dream what kind of africa do you want and so yeah do you want to answer that <laughs> what kind of africa do i want yes what kind of africa do you want yeah i think
0: Probably, you know, I, I have a big suspicion that most people share pretty much the same vision or the same goal. Maybe the methodology and the tools and the pathways we want to take from moving from point A, point A B where we are today, to some futuristic utopian world, it's pretty much the same. Because I want to live in a world where we really minimize or pretty much eradicate the suffering that there is. There's a lot of, you know, poverty, there's a lot of disease. Mm. There's a lot of inequality, lack of access, and I want to move to a world now where we sort of read ourselves or get get those things away from society. So where we maximize everyone is as happy as we can possibly do that. Mm. I mean, that's ideally what you would want to see, but I mean, in the short term goal, uh, in the short, short term, I want to see a lot more opportunities being given to people, uh, access to education, mm. access to good health, to food and shelter, and at least give everyone a fair chance of Mm. fighting this journey because I think, you know, there's there's a lot of fighting involved in just survival itself. That's it. So I think, you know, the fact that you're born in some rural community and someone is born in, I don't know, is born to Bill Gates, like out of, nobody chooses that, Mm -hmm. right? You just happen to be born, but you don't choose the country, the place or the parents or the community, or even the year that you're born, (laughs) born, Right. So I don't think that should be a disadvantage to anyone. We should, In fact, I think we should realize that if, if I can't hold you accountable for, say, atrocities or the things, the things that were done by your father, then why should we hold you, why, why should you be a misfortune to, yes. the, cons, the, to the circumstances that you're mm. born into? So, so yeah, I really believe that, like, even at a moral level, I really believe that we all have a moral obligation yeah. to try and, you know offer space and opportunities to
1: everyone mm. yeah that's 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 really deep i mean it's it's deep yeah 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 that's a solid african dream there and a lot of people are sharing so in in like this picture we just created uh, so this, the national chapter is set up. They are having community engagement at different communities, institutions, and stuff like that. And people are sharing their African dreams. And we are recording all of these. We are recording mm-hmm. videos. We are recording audios. Yeah. And then um, at the end of, say, at the year, we're, we're going to have two... Um, it's a two-year project, right? Yeah. Whereas we are just collecting dreams across the continent. We're going to do a content analysis of all these dreams that we've had. And we are going to bloat it out where we come up with the major themes that have come up and all that. And then we, we it, it becomes a storytelling. So we're using storytelling as a medium or a channel, a vehicle of projecting the voices of the youth, right? So we pick uh, particular incidents uh, or particular stories yeah. and then we highlight them mm-hmm. and with pictures and videos. So there are documentaries that are going to come out of this project in the next two years. There's awesome. going to be a publication, or not, let's say a couple of publications um, coming out from this project, stories about youth uh, in different countries, in different places, uh, locations, telling their African dreams. And there are also going to be events and acts that's coming out of it. People, others may just want to paint out their African yeah. dream, you know. And so that's it. So in, from Zim, just from Zim, we're going to have all these, We're going to have these um, documentaries coming out of there. And we're going to have um, the the youth telling their stories. And then this is going to be bloated. So imagine this happening all across Africa. And it's channeled through this big Voice One Africa. We're going to have symposiums where... We bring out uh, people from all these countries into one location. So, if maybe for this year the uh, event is going to happen, say in Nigeria, then it means that we are all going to cluster mm-hmm. or meet in Nigeria. And yeah, yeah so and we're seeking like partnerships. Representatives from across the country. Yeah, with all the countries, and we come as much as possible. We're not just making more of a representation. Anybody who wants to come, um, okay. and and because there's a youth initiative, and we are leveraging on. And on youth contact. And that's one thing that we are really pushing to make it to expose youth to other youth in different countries, to be exposed to different cultures. Because the more we are exposed to different cultures, the more we be, we become less ethno, what the word? Ethnocentric, mm-hmm. right? So we are more, we are more open to other cultures, yeah. we are more open to, yeah. and then all these tribal wars and trim will sort of, will now start coming down, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that's it. And when I'm, I'm coming to Zim, I don't need to worry because you may be able to host me yeah. for just, what, two or three, maybe two, yeah. three days. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're coming to Ghana, yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. And so that's how we are trying to do okay. it. So with youth across all these countries, we're going to do the same. So, we don't need to worry about hotel, hotel bills yeah. and, and, and food and stuff like that. And also, because we are partnering with a lot of people, there's going to be enough to cater for all of these. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: actually, that, that was going to be my next question on uh, West One Africa. Because uh, it's clear that you are looking to have as many youth involved in this project. Yeah. Right? And uh, that's the people part, right? We like yeah. want as many people as, as, as possible involved but what what is it what are the other things that you're looking for in this starting phase uh probably maybe in terms of resources what's what's what are the current steps yes, right. uh that you are taking in terms of seeking that and what more is it that you' are seeking to yeah, make this so, uh, dream realizable?
1: realizable the dream it's realizable yeah <laughs> and and we've already started so like with nothing I mean so far, what what cost? Maybe data costs. And what? Data costs, probably. Yeah. And the cost of moving out of comfort zones and challenging oneself to talk to people you otherwise consider strangers. And, yeah. Yeah. Like the way he just reached out to me yeah. and the way I had to uh, move out of my comfort zone and share uh, materials and spaces where yeah. you don't really know how people respond to it. Yeah. So... I think these are the costs um, at the onset, and and so members of the group so far just need to step out of our comfort zones and push ourselves. Um, yeah. I mean, put ourselves at the at the edge, and and yeah, if people accept us or not, we we just have to push ourselves there yeah. and see. And so far, it's been good. The response has been good. We have people. Um, volunteering already, there are people volunteering, um, and we have people on the steering committee from different countries. Nobody's being paid; people mm-hmm. are just committing their time, yeah. and we are using our own data to do the meetings that we are doing. Oh, what big. we need are partnerships, and uh, we're set. We're, we're setting out. Um, we've, we've sent out conversations, so even the WhatsApp messages and the videos that we sent out recently yeah. are inviting. Partners, uh, we are asking people to partner this initiative, mm-hmm. and so even in here in Cape Town, um, next week we I, I actually have a meeting with um, an NGO um, in Cape Town and a well-established NGO mm-hmm. that have seen our video and they are wanting to talk to us about it. Awesome. Yeah. So basically, that's it. So to establish with existing organisations yeah. and institutions, and yeah, so in terms a- of in terms of resources. I, we may need some funding, but we don't really need funding for the, for the phase in which yeah. we are now. Yeah. The phase in which we are now is just to talk to people about their African dreams. What kind of dream do you want? What kind of Africa do you want? Share it. And as you share it, we record it, and it's on social media. We are creating traction about the voices of the youth. Mm-hmm. And as this, this just keeps going out, then people are becoming more awakened by just reflecting about the kind of Africa mm-hmm. they want. And you become awakened, you become conscious, and now you think more about Africa, yeah. you think more about your dreams, and then you'll be able to apply yourself to making that dream yeah. realisable. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you the kind of partnerships that you're looking for, but I think you've already answered that. That's yeah,
1: great. but we, we need people in media, so like okay. yourself, okay. Um, um, particularly at this point. So uh, media and photography, I think at this point in particular yeah. these are the kind of partnerships yeah. that uh will really help to amplify the voices yeah yeah yeah
0: so okay I think I really like this is amazing work and I wish that I wish the best of luck to mm. the Thank next you. couple of months that are coming up but there's there's a lot of you know I think currently not a lot of but I'm speculating that you know there is some youth who are have lost some optimism I think mm. about the African vision and yeah, you know, hopelessness there is, yeah, there is. And some people were trying to move away from their places uh, to elsewhere, saying, Let's look for greener pastures, it's futile to mm-hmm. remain here, etc. And you find this almost across the continent. And people were dealing with a lot of challenges that we have currently, and you know, it can lead to people losing optimism and hope. And just, I don't, I don't and I think a lack of optimism and hope is kind of futile because it doesn't. It leads to
1: inaction, right? Like yeah. you don't want to do anything. a crime. Um, yeah. In fact, research by you know, I'm I'm studying with the African Center for Cities at the University of Cape Town, and they've had several studies into city spaces and cityscapes. And one of these, one of those studies, sort of hinged on um, hopelessness mm-hmm. and criminology. Yeah, and and yeah, there's some so, correlation and, there. And gangsterism. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a there's a correlation between this sense of hopelessness and then the crime and, and yeah. gangsterism. And so, yeah. Yeah. so, so I, think I,
0: I wanted to ask, what, what do you say, or what do we say to inspire optimism against, to like sort of reignite it in the youth?
1: The, what I would say is, is that there is hope. When, when people say there is no hope, um, it's only because that to a large extent, we, we have limited ourselves. And that's it. It's our worldview, you know. So, so, like, people have sort of limited their worldviews. Mm-hmm. And to, to a large I wouldn't say it's their fault. I think it's because of uh, maybe our disposition and where we were and how we we're trained and stuff like that. So we've not pushed ourselves. We've not been daring enough to explore beyond our current contexts. And to a large extent, I think that defines sort of African youth. Mm-hmm. And so we would say that The youth of Africa should be more daring and to venture beyond our current scopes. So, let's say I was born in Accra and I've been living in Accra for all my life. Mm -hmm. I should dare to move out of Accra to say Lagos. I should dare to move out of Accra to say Harare. I should dare to move out of, you know, so that kind of, that kind of, because it's not that there are no opportunities. Having traveled, I mean, to a few african countries i wouldn't say there are no opportunities in africa i would say that the, the opportunities there's a mismatch of opportunities yeah. so if somebody in south africa in, in cape town or joburg or wherever could find a well paying job in accra but you see the person is mm. the person is in jobek or cape town and the person is saying that there are no opportunities here and we blacks and this and stuff you know no. but if you just move out of here to a different location, you, you'd find that there the are opportunities there, you know. So that kind of, you know, that we've locked ourselves into this scope, these spaces that we call our countries and our spaces, our cities and our villages, I think that's what is, yeah. um, into a large extent, um, yeah. limiting our scopes. So we should just open up and, and be more daring, travel, yeah. travel, yeah. we that's, should seek out the opportunities. I think there is there is hope as well. I think
0: not only because I'm choosing to be optimistic, but I also at the end of the day I think I can you know I I, I would uh, suggest that all of us should choose to be optimistic. I think even in the face of adversity. Mm. But I think there's also reason to actually say that there is hope because we can talk we can we can choose to see the progress that we have made already that has been made by you know our forefathers and the people that have come before us mm. and the the actions that they've taken and way mm. it, it it has led us to. And as much as there is lots of problems that we have to fight today, we also have to acknowledge that we have some things that, we, you know, our forefathers have fought and we still have to keep on
1: fighting the war. Indeed, and, it's like where we find ourselves now as the African youth, it's, it's a very strategic positioning. And I presented that in our first uh, maiden convocation. So basically, we find that currently there are about 226 million youths in Africa. And more or less, we are the largest... The, Africa has the largest demographic of youth, right? And yeah, so we are okay. the youngest continent in the world. And also there, Yeah, by far and large, I think the largest continent, if I'm not mistaken. So... We have technology. We have the largest youth demographic. And by 2050, we are going to be what 1.3 billion Youth, just youth in Africa. That's the largest in terms of... So in terms of the human resource capital of the world is going to be clustered in Africa, yeah. right, by, by 2050. And also, we have willing and, and committed youth like yourself, myself, and all the people out there who are thinking about the African Renaissance and the Pan-African agenda and the unity of Africa. And so then, we are quite strategically located location and positioned... To, to change the narrative, yeah, from like moving forward, so all that's needed now is just the youth involvement and, the, and an awakening, right? So that, but because the truth is, if the youth stand, um, we stand back, then there's not going to be any yeah. uh, change, it's just going to yeah. be the same narrative, exactly. But when, when we get involved with our numbers, yeah, with the technology that we have and our positioning, with if all the the several economic structures, the high the youth in the high um, and middle class, youth in mid and low class, we all mix up and yeah. we, are, we are bringing our synergies there's synergy, there's going to be something yeah. serious yeah. happening. Yeah, I think in terms of change, uh, it
0: still speaks to the hope aspect that we're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I do think that we should, all of us should be the change that we want to see in society, or at least to try to Move towards that change that we want to see. So, I think it, start, it really starts at the individual level of yeah. what can I do in my personal capacity to yeah. uh, influence the change that I want to see. I think, you know, like we, we, we're not, we don't have any fancy resources here, you and I. We're just yeah. using our microphone, our phone, my, my mobile phone and this microphone to record this, edit it on the software, put it out there and maybe, you know, bring more people to the space and stuff. So, And I think there are more people, There a lot more people who are more capable of, you know, doing more change than we can possibly do. And I think we want to, like, say, please do something about that. Take the action. Uh, And once you do that, you can start gravitating towards other people who share the same vision, the same goal, and that's how you end up, that's the grassroots aspect you're talking about. Then it it. builds this, you know, structure that starts from the grassroots, like, oh, I want to do this, and uh, there's man who wants to do the same thing, and there's this Other person who wants to do the same yeah. thing coming together now and building the vision yeah. together. So, I, I think there is a case for optimism and uh, let's let us be the change that we want to see. Sure. It's, I think, it's easy, oftentimes, it's, it's very easy to just point fingers and you know put blame elsewhere and yeah. uh, say the government is failing us when when we are ourselves inactive to some extent. But I think that leads me to the next question that I wanted to ask yeah. what are the external factors that are limiting us from making progress i'm talking about in terms of you know just what has happened in the past in the current political situation our mm-hmm. governments uh, i don't want to limit your answers there i'm just giving yeah. a few examples so what are the what are those external factors that maybe after you've answered
1: what, what, what can we do i think about yeah. that um, yeah for to to the first question what are the limiting factors yeah i i think To, um, some people may not agree with me, but then I think to a large extent, uh, uh, politicians, you know, Mm -hmm. this, this is something I've held for some time, you know, Um, when Ghana gained independence in 57, 1957, right? And we were the first. I mean, Egypt was, Egypt was, but Egypt was more or less not really colonized per se. So, so Ghana was the first. And when, when, when that set of youth pushed for independence, right? They sort of they put themselves on the line. You know, they were not really they were fed up, right? And I guess that was even with the Arab Spring um, and the revolution in Egypt, that sort of toppled the the, the previous government and brought in the. It was about the youth not being content with the situation or the status quo, yeah. and so they, they sort of. Said, no, we really have to do something, otherwise there's not going to be a change. And that was what brought about independence for all our countries from colonialism and also from um, all this kind of dictatorship uh, rules in some countries like Egypt and in Arab and stuff like that. And what happened was that when that set, that generation, mm. they were able to attain independence from the colonial masters, they sort of um, sort of just let things be instead of pushing on. I think the difference between to a large extent that generation that got us independence from colonialism and the and the following generations was that and comparing it to say places and say let's say America is that in America to a large extent they they didn't stop there, they didn't stop at gaining independence or whatever but then they kept pushing the frontiers. So um, things, the legislations and things kept changing and America and uh, kept moving and moving and moving. And the America is like a, a superpower, you know? And I, I guess that was what really affected Africa. The fact that when independence, the country started attaining independence, the youth sort of relaxed and they left it to the politicians and the politicians became greedy and said that they wanted to attain all. They wanted to just cluster the power at that top level. And those that that's been the bane. That's been the that's been the, the challenge of Africa. Until so now, our politicians and, and to a large extent, the youth and people have just left things to politicians. And and this initiative and this whole activism that we are trying to do is to reclaim that power from politicians. Because I mean, there are only few, to think of it, there are just a few people. So why should they actually be the people who are making decisions? We vote them in all right. And the truth is, they are not in our interest. I mean, to a large extent, they are not in the interest of the youth. Um, you look at it, there are just some families. If look at it. I mean, even across the continent, power has, re- has been retained in some family circles and some tribal circles and stuff like that. Yeah. But it shouldn't be. And the fact that, when independence was won on the back of youth action, the youth and that generation, I, I, I keep saying that generation because if they had they had kept the momentum on the politicians that took over, then there would have been, all things being equal, that kind of united front of that kind of united Africa that we wanted. Hmm. Or better still, they could have pushed those politicians to give a better state than what, because those politicians in like one, two, um, in, after a year or two now became dictators. And so you realize right after the independence, there were a lot of dictatorships all across and people became sort of um, dominant. The, the colonial masters were to a large extent dictators, right? But the youth were able to rise up against those. And so, if we had maintained that generation was, was able to maintain that momentum, that youth force, even yeah. against that kind of dictatorship, it would have changed the narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it. And that's why this initiative and, and for our generation, we, it's, we need to do this for the next generation. Otherwise, the, the situation is going to be worse than what it is now because there are going to be more slums from, uh, this, which is why, you know, the, the connection between research, policy, and practice, it's so real that we don't need to... The, this disjuncture is really affecting Africa, right? So, like I'm saying, we know that in the next uh, 20 to 30 years, there's going to be... The, the global population is going to uh, double. The number of slums are going to triple. So if we have... See the Kailicha see all this langa see all the slums that are here just in South Africa mm. and all the slums in slums are in everywhere in Ghana wherever they are there and look at it in the next twenty to thirty years they are going to triple right and if the youth do not really take um action if we don't own this thing if we don't make it a generational commitment mm. the next generation there it's going to be worse poverty is going to be so endemic like Things are going to be terrible, right? It's not going to be better. It's going to yeah. be worse, which is why we, as this generation, we need to take it upon ourselves. We have the largest youth demographic. We have the resources. In fact, Africa is rich. Yeah. We, have, we have everything we need. All we need is the youth to be united and say that we need to bring about a change and we can do it. The other thing is that the Western powers, and I think that's what affected our... our I mean, our founding fathers, when they be, when we attained independence, the Western powers' neocolonialism colonialism set uh, I mean set off. So they were now forcing our, our presidents and our prime ministers, who had just become presidents and stuff like that, to do things in favor of the West. And because that kind of pressure was just too much, Nkrumah did not succumb to that kind of pressure, and I, I, I think Hill Salasi also did it. I mean, a, a couple of um, people you know did not and they were taken off you realize there were coup d'etats that and these coup d'etats arguably were i mean instigated by the west right and Mm. and the thing is that the reason i keep saying that the youth of that generation failed they failed us to a large extent is because they did not mount up enough pressure to over to surpass that of the west Mm. right so we've been able to Mount pressure to kick out the colonial master. Why can't we mount enough pressure to overcome that kind of uh, neo-colonial agenda? And and to a large extent, for all these years, for Ghana it's been what sixty something years. The neo-colonial agenda has been surpassing. The West is just pushing the agenda on us and all that, and yeah. all the structural adjustment uh, projects, which led to even more poverty and mm-hmm. exclusion, which now divided the gap between the rich and the poor, and is still widening. So, um, so for us, the challenge is our politicians or uh, let, let me frame it. Well, the challenge is youth apathy, right? And leaving the power to politicians. So then the way forward is to reclaim the power from politicians. So youth must take our rightful place and push the politicians to give us what we want because we have the money. They are misusing the money. They are misusing the resources and it's just been a selfish interest. So when the youth become more conscious and we we unite, we unite against um, any kind of political pressure or political power, and we are just saying that this is what we want and we want it now, that kind of force that brought that post-colonial uh, independence or brought, brought independence from colonialism is the same kind of pressure that will give us that independence from neocolonialism and from political pressures. And that's what we need. Huh. Nice. Yeah, um, that's what we need. Yeah, I think I, I picked up two major
0: things that uh, as, as factors that you know are limiting us from making the progress that we want to see. And yeah. we 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 talk, We you talked about the politics, the local politics, politicians, and how the youth is also you know how. I think how much involved it is in, yeah. into the politics. And talked about superpowers or you know the yeah. Western powers as well. Yeah. And uh how, to what extent do they actually play a role in limiting the progress that we want to see? And yeah. I want to pick up on, on, the, on those two. And I, perhaps maybe, you know, maybe someone listening might be pointing out other factors that we didn't mention here. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, most of the times, problems are never something that you find one prop like one, mm-hmm. one factor to that problem. Yeah. Usually it's like a multivariate. You need yeah. to do a multivariate analysis and you see that this factor contributes to the problem. By this much extent, and you know, once you, are, I think it's very important. Sometimes when we want to address the problems that we have in society, identify the problem, identify the factors contributing to that problem, and also identify to how much, to what extent does each factor contribute, so that you can channel your effort and resources proportionally yeah. to depending on you know the, the the problem, the factor, and how much it's contributing to the problem. Yeah. So. We have identified the you know external forces like uh, Western powers and, yeah. and, and and politicians, and I, I want to just so youth in action. Youth in action. Youth in action. Yeah. Youth in action. yeah okay. Or so youth party, yeah. yeah, yeah, because I mean we're trying to find solutions as well, and I think you mentioned to some extent that the youth needs to be engaged more, to sort of claim back that power, and That's it. I, I would imagine that one of the ways to do so would be the involvement of. Into the conversation and the action, like you know, to join join the conversations and open up more spaces for conversation. Find people who share the same vision. Mm-hmm. The, let the change that you want to see in society start with you. Things that we've discussed already. Yeah. In terms of po- of, of politicians now, uh, what? Because I'm I'm still gonna go to the you know what can we do about external uh, forces Social and forces, stuff. Yeah. But I want to start on the politicians' part, like what is the youth supposed to do? Because, I mean, it's arguable also, because you've got, uh, like, those in power, they'll tell you that things are going well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Look at the progress that we're making. And if things are not going well, then someone, the, the person to blame is, they look for blame elsewhere, right? It's not mm-hmm. internal. It's like, ah, uh, the worst, uh or yeah. the youth is inactive. I think mm-hmm. maybe in Nigeria there were sentiments like that of trying to blame other people and not the government. So what is, given that already, there's already a resistance to, the problem that you identify when you say it's the politicians and the politicians tell you, no, actually we're doing well. Look at what we've done, the policies we've made in the past thirty years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And given that now disagreement, and what what what's your advice to the youth? What's the youth supposed to do in terms of uh, like, should we? Is it just going to say go and vote? <laughs> or when when arguably in some places voting itself is you know it's not really effective because some people say that the results are. Decided before yeah. the vote even begins. Yeah. So, so what's, are you are you say are you are you, t- are you telling the youth to go and do
1: action in the streets or what? What, what, what are we saying here? No, not necessarily. No, not now. Um, maybe that will be later, some years time. Yeah. But not now. <laughs> so, um, so what we are saying we we're, we're not asking the youth to step into the streets and you know revolt and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's not what we are saying. We're saying that youth should be awakened. Right. Um, we have the power and for a largest, I mean, to a large extent, we felt that we didn't have any power and, yeah. and that the power was outside of us, but the power is actually inside of us. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of what we have, the power we have and, and use it. So, um, as far as our politicians are concerned, it's to hold them responsible and accountable. Um, yeah. And, with the Voice One Africa initiative what we're doing is is, is the awakening bit the awakening bit is really important because mm. you know what politicians do to make people vote to a large extent is they go to these places they give handouts they give money they give rice they give all sort of things stations <laughs> like t-shirts. t-shirts and things and they get the youth on the streets and the campaign grounds and stuff like that for people to vote and we, this youth initiative, like we're saying, people have needs, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes, because of this kind of want and this kind of need, people are vulnerable, right? So, with just a little resource, money and stuff like that, they, they are, you are able to control people. And that's, that's the thing we want to break, right? And that can only be broken when people become conscious right it's just like somebody who is being molested let's say a, a lady who is a victim of um what do you call that then gender-based violence yeah and maybe you are with your husband or your boyfriend a person just keeps abusing and abusing and abusing you usually um at the psychological level the people feel those ladies or those uh, abused feel that they don't have the power mm. right but when they are that kind of, that inner power is is found, then they are able to stand against that resistance. And it's it's a whole new thing. You find find out that this person who was always abused has now found their power, and they are able to speak up, and they are able to confront the situation. Mm -hmm. And you realize that the whole thing that was... The situation. Yeah, that, 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 that thing that was really beating you now is so little before you. And that's the same thing. The youth of Africa just needs to be awakened. And to see that the power is not outside of us. It's within us. And so when we are able to find that strength within us... The and the channel it out, Then all these politicians and West and all... They don't have power virus again. Yeah. And so that's why we are working through the introspection. And Sigmund Freud really found that... That, that introspection is a powerful force. And it is. Because when you are able to sort of think deep within yourself... And you find out who am I really? And... And you're able to dig it out. And because it's coming from deep within, nobody from outside can sort of destroy or distort that kind of uh, identity. Yeah. You know? So that's it. So we are using this kind of introspection as, as a force, as a tool, right? To, to figure out our identity yeah. and also to carve out the African dream. And this African dream is not coming, from hmm. the, it's not coming from the African Union. It's not coming from... We know the policy is there. We are not even looking at the policy. This African dream is coming from the Africans. It's coming from us. It's coming from yeah. the youth, right? This is what I want, and as I say it, then it becomes something that I've projected into the universe, and then it becomes a force that is yeah. out there and it helps me to be able to realize it. Yeah. So that's how we are. We're working through this.
0: Yeah, I think this is this is the pathway that you have drawn out here, and uh, yeah. I, I I I think to anyone listening now, it's it's the message is let's raise the Youth, conscious of the youth, the consciousness of the youth, right? Be aware of the situation and uh, be aware that the power really, really comes from within. Uh, Let's channel it from the inside of us. And the way you do so is being the change that you wanna see. Engage with uh, with other people and engage with us. If 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 you wanna,
1: you know, get involved, uh, write to. Uh, voice one africa yeah and and just uh, not to cut you but then we the other thing is also because the kind of this kind of initiative cannot be really financed by we don't have the money like you're saying we can't go into communities and try to give people money for them to get involved in this Mm -hmm. so the only way is for people to really own it right when when the youth see that this is for me yeah. If, if, and that's why, as part of our core principles, we also have social support as one of the, this is a grassroots organization. So we are working in from the bottom up. We are representing bottom up perspectives at higher levels. So the findings and the provocations that come up at these levels, we channel it and we push it into policy discourses. And, and we are academics. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm an academic. I, I'm mm-hmm. in a po- policy space as an urban planner, and mm-hmm. I'm actually going to push for it. I'm actually going to push until like, I get into some of these high spaces in, in, mm-hmm. in international diplomacy. And some of these conversations are going to push into these spaces, right? So yeah. that's it. We pick out all these. And so we are representing these bottom-up perspectives at these high levels so that everybody gets the opportunity to be heard yeah and 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 that's that's what we are doing so for yeah. voice one africa you can reach out i mean on all social media platforms we are hashtag voice one africa or at voice one africa and our email is um voice one Africa. there's no uh so voice one freaka at gmail um awesome yeah
0: i think we are kind of running out of time here so yeah. we're going to Wrap up the conversation. I think it's been fruitful. We, um, I think, what you've talked about sort of addresses all, well, at least the two problems that you identified. Because you've been talking about even the superpowers that we have we wanna fight those forces. Then, and I, I, I wanted to go a little bit deeper, but I think the time is not allowing yeah. us. I wanted to discuss on what's what's like on the global politics or the global collaboration. Or how does Africa square itself on that platform? Or and how do we play? Smart enough so that it's, it's mutual benefit. You know, no, there's no it's not a parasitical kind of a relationship yeah. where our resources are being ripped off without us benefiting. But because or maybe because, and I think this is a discussion that some people might say, don't even collaborate with anyone. Maybe we can make it internal. And some people say, no, you can engage with the global economics and global, global politics, but yeah. do so strategically in mm-hmm. such a way that you know uh, you benefit us and
1: uh, those who are also. Engaging with us, yeah. But uh, uh, oh, yeah. I think it's it's a it's a good um, subject. So, say, I think Africa should be careful of China. Um, um, yeah. So, what we find, we, we don't want to be slaves to China or neocolonized colonized by China, or mm-hmm. in fact, any other country for that to that. I mean, for that matter. So, this is a uh, China is using a, a whole new um, approach mm-hmm. to to venture into Africa. And, and they are using... You see, that's the thing. The fact that we are divided, it's, it's, it's something that's given not just China, but all these other countries um, a, a, foot, uh, I mean, a foothold into, into our spaces. Right? So they are having all this liberal... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Trade agreements with different countries. And t- to a large extent, because of kickbacks... You know, political kickbacks. That's it. There are, some of our, politica, our politicians are traitors, I mean, to a large extent. And, and uh, uh, the Ghanaian ex-president mentioned it, um, may so rest in peace, Jerry John Rawlings, who just passed. You know, he mentioned it in one of his interviews with uh, one of these agencies, that there are a lot of traitors in, in the political space. And they are selling Africa shots. I mean, our countries and our youth, they are selling us short In all these deals and trade agreements, they are signing Right. So, and China is now one of the dominant players in this space, right? And so we we, we, we need to be careful of China. And uh, I was going to say that, okay, yes, we need to be careful of China. But we still need to engage with the global. No, yeah, we need to engage with the global. But now we should actually be doing that on a on collective front. Because if we're still going as like fifty four different countries we still do not have power, and that 's what there is on the global platform as fifty four different countries we don't have any voice but if even we if even for now for the benefit of the doubt we can't go as AU and make these kind of um, um, deals on the global platform, mm-hmm. then we should go as these regional chapters we should go as west africa east Africa central Africa we should go as that but even though I think we should be able to go as the African Union pushing for uh, some of these um, business deals or these global Agreement deals yeah. agreements. But th- the fact that we are going on individual country levels is, is a big uh, uh, disadvantage yeah. to us and our youth. Yeah. And we need to change. We need to change that bit. Oh, we need okay. to change that bit. Oh, it's been fruitful having you here. Yeah, right, um, man. It's it's I didn't think we we're gonna have such a, yeah, a deep conversation. Yeah. But so where,
0: where can where can people find you? Uh, you you mentioned your handles, maybe one more time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In 20 seconds. So I mean yeah, personally I'm DJ Kwaku on all social media platforms. Uh D-E-J-O-E. And then Kwaku is Q-U-A-R-C-D-O-O on all social media platforms. But then with the Voice One Africa is voice, as in like voice. And then one as in.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, proceed and just wrap up a bit. And uh, you talked about where people can find you, and uh, also like if anyone wants to be involved in this conversation and they wanna engage with us, uh, please. If you wanna to write to me, that's Brighton the host. Uh, just write me, write to me at info at conversations with Brighton. Brighton that's B R I G H T O N. So it's infos at conversations with Brighton.com. That's uh, the email address that you can write me on. But uh, back to you, Joseph, I was was asking, how does one get involved at an individual level, someone who is listening right now? What do you say? What's your message to them? And maybe somehow they're inspired and they want to do something.
1: Yeah, so um, the first is to just share your African dream. Um, You you share your African dream, it could be a a short video, um, a a written one, but you just share it with the hashtag voiceoneafrica. So, you share your African dream with the hashtag voice one Africa. Wherever you are in the world, we are going to see it. and with a C? No, with a the K. Yeah, with a C, yeah. Okay. Voice one Africa. Um, yes, voice one Africa. So, voice one, then Africa with a C, the normal Africa. <laughs> and one is the numerical one. Numerical one, yes. Yeah, so that's it. So, you share with that and we'll, we'll we will note it and get in touch. You could always also connect on social media. We are active, so you send a message, we'll connect with you, and yeah. But uh, if maybe for any reason you want to contact us via WhatsApp, via WhatsApp that'll be plus two seven Mm -hmm. six five five four zero six six nine nine. Um. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh,
0: It's been a great pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you, Brighton.